Welcome to the 2023 Milwaukee Brewers season preview here on Drew's Sports Crew. Sunday night, we're live. But full disclosure, again, this episode will be airing, you know, on all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, much more next week, meaning right the week, right, of the 19th. Uh, again, I'm joined here, myself, Drew Skyberg, with Justin Brenner of the UW-Milwaukee Post. Justin, I had you on last year. We talked some some baseball in terms of offseason moves. And um, glad to have you back on here. Preview the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll talk about what's going on. I'll also ask you for some bold takes near the end. So how's it going? All right. It's going good. Uh, glad to be back and ready to talk baseball. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm going to first throw a curveball at you to here to start. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> no, but really, I want to hear your thoughts on the pitch clock. Um, what's going on so far in spring? Um and just overall pace of play. I mean, pace of play games have been two, two and a half hours so far. Yeah, I am not a fan of the pitch clock. I, I it's, I don't like Manfred's whole approach. He wants the games to be uh, quicker, but then he also wants more offense, which is going to correlate in the games being longer. And you can't have a, a quick game that is, you know, eight to nine because he's also banning shifts. So um, having... The infield shift band creating more offense is going to make the game go longer, and then, but then he's trying to keep it shorter with the pitch clock. I don't like the pitch clock. We've already seen at least one spring training game end because of a pitch clock violation, or the batter took too long to get in the, to get ready. So I don't like it, personally. I, I don't like the pitch clock and how short it is. I think they should just let the game be how it is. Okay. I, and which I, I've taken a different approach on that. I, I like the intuition. I think the pitch timer though needs there there needs to be a little bit maybe maybe not more times the better word but like games can't be ending because of the pitch clock yeah, you know like that, I that, totally could side with that point one hundred and ten percent but because when, when we have these games ending on a rule like this that you know, again was spring training but this is the regular season this is the real deal again it's let, let me let me just highlight the pitch the pitch clock stuff quickly here for you know those. Right, who have watched maybe a lot of spring training. So it's like this. 30-second timer between batters, but then between pitches, there will be a 15-second timer with the bases empty and a 20-second timer with the runners on base. So that that's just keep that in mind. Um, again, games have been shorter. You know, it's been 30-plus minutes. Some games have been short, you know, when I say short, like two hours. So, like, um, some of these hockey games, which, like – don't don't ask why, but the last few days I've I've been watching a lot of hockey games. Um, I've been at one and um, just watching one, but but really, I mean the, these hockey games are going two and a half, three hours, and then one of them went into multiple overtimes. It actually went over was it f- over five hours? I mean, like now we're we're getting with these where baseball is actually not going to be like the slowest pace sport per se, but like I don't know, it, it feels pretty drastic from one, one year to the next. So just to sum up my thoughts. Um, I not a fan of kind of, you know, ex- I like the idea. I like the pitch clock. I'm all for it, but I think there needs to be a little bit more, you know, e- a easier adapt, you know, just the adapting of the rule. That's kind of yeah. how I feel. I don't know. Part of me just doesn't like it too, because like you think of like big games and big moments, like huge stare downs between pitchers, like, and that now they only have 15 seconds. It feels almost a little rushed. Like the pressure yeah. can't really build for the batter, I guess. Postseason's going to be weird. Yeah, I, I think you know, especially yeah. with this. Okay, no, I, I, I think, I think you actually make a very good argument, you know, for against the pitch clock. I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, and I've heard a few argument, of those arguments, but 
Um, okay. So that's like the big one, you know, bigger bases, the shift band we, we've talked about. Those are some like, those are smaller, but you'll notice them. I promise you, you'll notice those. What about the, the uh, ghost runner on second? How do you ghost feel Ghost runner on second? Um, yeah. With it staying for. Yeah. I, um, I believe it's staying in just the um, regular, regular season. season. Correct. Yeah. That's how it was in 2022. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, regular season, fine. Postseason, no. Can live with it. Um what are your thoughts? I don't know. I it's another rule that I just a Manfred really rule like again against it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's something that if you have hitters that if you have hitters that can make contact and drive the ball to the outfield, then you're at an immediate advantage. Um, because a sack fly, you know, if you hit a fly ball to right field, a deep fly to right field nobody's on base that's not going to matter but if there's a runner on second he's automatically to third and then you just need one more hit and he's home and granted both sides have that but when you have a team that can't make contact as well they're at, a, at an immediate disadvantage but i mean that's just part of the game too you got to be able to hit the ball and put it in play yeah it's another one of those rules that we've seen now for, for not, not just you know yeah it's been it's been around so um looks like it's here to stay for a little bit here but um i see it out of the postseason um but yeah, I mean, let, let, let's roll to you know more of the Milwaukee Brewers that I was talking about, right? The what the Brewers do this offseason? What happened? Um, a lot of it was you know to you know to you know the fans not really a fan of what happened, but um, they made some moves to free up a lot of you know not sorry I almost said cap space a little bit in football mode with free agency, but like really to they got some guys who are going to be on expiring deals coming up in the twenty twenty you know three to twenty twenty four really that off season, that time period. So we saw actually guys like Hunter Renfro be, um, unfortunately a guy that gets moved Colton Wong, another one. Um, those are kind of the main, the main two moves we saw right away, right. In terms of, you know, guys who they trade, they trade, but then guys, right. They trade for, we see, of course, Winker coming on that, that long deal. We see, of course, um, William Contreras come in, you know, awesome move, Again, just getting in on that, giving up Estuary Ruiz. Um, I guess uh, out of all those moves, you know, maybe there's one I didn't even mention yet because I haven't mentioned, didn't mention them all yet, just yet. Was there a move, Justin, for you that really stood out? Um, I mean, out of the trades, not talking about signings right now, I'd say the William yeah. Contreras one because we haven't really had a stable catcher since, I believe, Lucroy. So yeah. he's young. A lot of team control. I mean, he could be the next kind of Milwaukee catcher. Uh, the Wong move, I I knew it was coming. I kind of came to terms with that at the end of last season. I knew he was going to be dealt, whether we picked up his option or if we just let him walk. I'm, I'm not a fan that we got Winker, per se, just because we have such a crowded outfield. But, I mean, I can share a little bit more on that later when I have one of my hot takes, Um, why I think Ooh. they got Winker. But, yeah, I don't know. it. Wasn't a fan of getting Winker just because of the the prospect pool that they have in the outfield. I think four of their top five are outfielders, and now we have another one, and we have Yelich on his like eight more seasons. So I wasn't too happy getting Winker, but I mean, it's, he can at least bring a bat, and I know he hits tremendously at Miller Park in the past. So if he can continue that, I mean, then I'll be happy with. I mean, I'll be happy, but I don't know. I wish we could have gotten a a different piece instead of an, another outfielder. Okay, and you know, I, I've for for me, I mean, I talk in season previews now, multiple of them. 
Um, last year, my big thing was, oh, we have all these outfielders. And then what we see, I mean, Lorenzo Cain just, you know, actually a few days ago retired. Um, you know, and I, then, of course, not finishing the year at the Brewers. Um, some, other, some other ones, you know, I was looking at, like, just I, I thought it was an out, out, crowded outfield. And it ended up, like, just two moves happened. And it was like, okay, um, we need outfield. Tyrone Taylor's missing time. So, you know, there's another reason why I, th- I think there's been a lot of outfield, like an influx of outfielders coming in. But Universal DH certainly seems like a spot for Winker. Yeah, and that definitely be. could be. Or Winker is in the outfield and Yelich plays DH because mm-hmm. his arm is not as good. Yeah, you know, which he's... that's been uh, on the decline. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, trades, those were kind of the big the big things we saw take place. We mentioned again giving up Ruiz in that, and then you know, getting William Contreras. Um, another uh, other ones we saw Owen Miller um, get him for really wasn't yeah it was just um, a player to be named later. So yeah, we still don't know who that who that player is, but you bring back a Wisconsin native to the team. Hopefully, he can crack the roster. I'm not sure because again another guy we brought in Abraham Toro with again the Mariners in that Colt Long trade who. I'm actually a pretty pretty good fan of again can play second third. Um, he kind of has like that Luis Arias, you know, utility kind of vibes. Um, I'm looking forward to having him. Uh, but otherwise, I'd imagine right. I mean, they bring back Mike Brousseau, so you have your you have your go to pinch hitter per se, or that lefty specialist. Even utility. I mean, I know he plays a lot of first, but he can play third, and I think he can even play. I'm not sure about middle infield, but. I think he'll be kind of the main utility. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And then, I, I mean, signings, I guess, if we want to kind of transition over there. Not really much. Uh, Wade Miley, Brian Anderson, the main two. And again, bringing Brian Anderson from Miami, uh, corner infielder, um, decent numbers. You know, nothing like pulling up, if I'm going to pull up his baseball savant page, so like the batted ball data, right? I'm, I'm going to, I'll guarantee it. Um, it's going to be a bunch of, you know, in the middle, like 50 percentile. So it's going to be a lot of, a lot of median stuff uh, for Anderson um, pulling it up right now. And it's loading. Come on. And, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's in the forties, actually max exit velo is 81st percentile, but a lot of it you see in the forties, sixties, it kind of averages out to in that median spot. But was there a signing out of those guys, Anderson Miley? Was there one you preferred? Um, I mean, I like the Brian Anderson signing, but I think I like the Wade Miley one just a bit more, um, especially with how our pitching rotation was constantly injured last year. Um, I think having Miley there and then being able to either pull some, move somebody to the bullpen and just have them as an available arm, uh, if somebody gets hurt, I think is a better option than having to pull up a triple A pitcher because, I mean, people like Jason Alexander, they had a, he had a few good starts, but then after, you know, he kind of cooled down and it, it was kind of ugly near near the end. So I think having I think that Wade Miley signing I really like because um, it just gives us another arm that can, you know, pitch long innings yeah. and even start games. No, I, what I liked was um, they made some moves that went really under the radar with those guys. Um, a, a One for me was even, you know, Bryce Wilson of the Pirates. Uh He'll pitch very well against the Brewers last year. Um, comes in and has, has had a pretty good spring. The ERA was in the threes when I checked. So I, I'm just highlighting like the stuff looks good. 
So like Bryce Wilson being a guy who could possibly like fill a start, Wade Miley's gonna probably get over 100 innings doing that. Um, so I, I really like what they've done there. Aaron Ashby again. We haven't really talked about injuries yet, but we're now dealing with some shoulder issues, which is a pitcher, young pitcher, 24. You don't want to hear. I think we're not going to see him till late May, honestly. So kind of worried about that. But I mean, it looks like right now, um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like really rotation really looks like Burns Woodruff as your one and two, of course. It looks, it really looks like Lauer is going to solidify himself at the three spot. Um, waiting to really? see on Hauser. Yeah. You think, you think they take him over Peralta? Or sorry, Peralta. Three? Yeah, I, I Peralta. Sorry, injury wise, Peralta three <laughs> yeah. spot. Um, Lauer four. I knew I was. Yeah, because I with Peralta again with the injuries, they want to yeah, exclude yeah, him. No, but I get it. No, Peralta and, definitely is going to be the three guy. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they um, flipped it around a little bit too, especially if they wanted uh, Miley in the starting rotation too. Um, just so you don't have two lefties go back to back. I could see even Lauer being three and then Peralta yeah. board if, to have a flip rotation. If but... Ashby's healthy, I mean, I, I saw, let, let's go to June here, Justin. Oh, yeah. Um, you could totally see this team doing a six man rotation, right? Oh, With some sort of piggyback. Definitely. And I think even, I think what they'll probably end up doing is a six man rotation on those long stretches, but then shorter stretches, they'll have one of those guys in the bullpen. Exactly. Um, so just ready to work long innings. And the guys I, I did not mention, right? I mean, I mentioned Lauer going at sorry, four. Excuse me on that. Thank you for correcting that. Uh, and then at the five spot, we'll go. It's it's going to be Adrian Hauser. And then it's like Wade Miley thrown in there too. Because I can't imagine Hauser working out of the bullpen, but I can start. I can see them maybe in this year, you know, this season, 2023. Uh, if Hauser's not performing, which he had some terrible, ugly stretches last year, he, he might get booted to the bullpen. I mean, this might be. I think you get a guy like Miley, you know, for to maybe have that, have kind of that insurance in case, you know, that happens. But I do think Bryce Wilson to start will be working out of the bullpen. Like he's going to make the team. But yeah. For sure. It's not necessarily a bad thing working out of the bullpen. I mean, Ashby's been doing it for a while. Peralta had to do it for multiple years. I mean, having a, a solid arm in the bullpen, I think, would be a better thing for them because we saw the bullpen blow quite a few games last year. So, I, I mean, I'd be okay with it. It, I mean, it'd be weird to see, but realistically, this team has at least seven starters that they could yeah. easily put in the rotation at any time. And, and again, um, Alexander's on 60-day IL, so that's why we have yeah. not been mentioning him. Uh, but, I mean, there's some guys who are certainly eligible for some spot starts. I mean, Ethan Small's one of those guys who you've seen go in that role. I'm wondering how they're going to use Jansen Junk. Again, he's a guy who came over in that Renfro deal from the Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, his last name's junk and he's a pitcher. So, you know, it ends up being pretty convenient. Um, I imagine he's going to be similar to what we're going to see from, um, Bryce Wilson in terms of like that role, maybe might actually end up start in triple a potentially, but I can't see junk rolling there to start. Um, not, not much stack has stayed on him again as a minor leaguer, but uh, other signings. I mean, I want to highlight the Blake Perkins one. Kind of, you know, they signed him to like, they signed him uh, on like a minor league deal it was. And I'm wondering kind of what we're going to see from him. Again, he's an outfielder. He comes from the Yankees minor league system. Uh, he was in AAA. He was actually a pretty good player, pretty underlooked. Uh, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on again, signing Perkins. I feel like he's going to have a 
a pretty decent spot and actually get some good volume. Um, yeah, I don't have much thoughts on Perkins yet. I mean, that, like you said, that was kind of an under the radar signing for me. I was yeah uh, more kind of looking for the bigger splash, and I mean, like I said, like they had a few big moves and some big like some minor signings, but they didn't really have anything big. So I guess that that's another one that just flew yeah. So no, that's a great call too because right, I mean when I'm when I'm throwing out uh, Blake Perkins, our guy who they signed a minor league deal, is probably one of their fourth, their third or fourth best signings. Um, <laughs> kind of um, highlights how much money was spent at this offseason. So I know you're talking a little bit before it's the year. Disappointing because you know I think a lot of fans, myself included, think that this team is a couple pieces away from making a serious run. And when you watch management not spend a little bit of extra money, it it definitely hurts, I think. Hurts, you know, as a fan to see them, to know you're just a few bats away and you just, they're not doing, they're not going and trying. Or they're trying, okay. but they're not closing. I, I think we go to it right now. Let's talk about the arbitration. Um, yep. So while, while we're on, well, you know, we talked kind of those main signs. We'll kind of highlight more in like our, we'll talk about our projected uh, lineup slash you know rotation. We kind of gave you our rotation, but we'll talk kind of about lineups here. But we we got to highlight. We got to go through this arbitration process. So I mean, I, I've talked about it in episodes throughout, but I'll just briefly um talk about you know what kind of happened, what transpired. I'll Justin, you fill in here. But um, really, I mean, story right? I mean, owners get together right. The process of arbitration has been around forever in baseball, um, and the owners got to stick together. And how you do that is you fight for every every penny in this process. And again, it's the last three years before you're a free agent, so years four through six of being you know committed to that team that you are on your um, major league deal with, your first deal with. Um, go through this process again, arbitration. So basically, you go to court and your your team. If there's a dispute, if you don't agree on an amount, you can avoid arbitration. If you don't agree on amount. You each post the amounts that you believe said player is worth, and boom, they go to court, present a case. The team presents a case actually against their own player. So it actually ends up being an interesting um, thing, and in this case, Corbin Burns um, was the guy who had to go through that. He loses the case, Justin. I mean, what, what was going through your mind? The, I mean, this whole thing, this whole arbitration with Burns really pissed me off, especially when I heard about him talk about it after the fact, because you could tell that, you know, it, he hurt, it, it like it hurt him. And, I mean, looking at just payroll, I believe we are spending way less than we did last year, and it's like you can't even cough up an extra three-quarter of a million. I think it was like 700000 that they were disputing. Like, you can't cough up that little bit extra just to keep your star happy and, you know, increase the chances of him signing. I'm not saying they're going to sign him back. I actually don't think they will. I think he's gone after this year. He may even be traded at the deadline. But, I mean, you can't just give him that little bit extra just to make him happy. Instead, you have to go rip your player down in court just to save not even a million dollars. It just, it upset me. I mean, keep your star, your ace happy, I feel like. And especially when it's not that much money when you're spending less than you did last year and you didn't make a big splash and free agency it just it it was another one of those things that i just looked at the brewers and i just kind of said what are you doing like yeah especially this market justin yeah i think you you speak for many brewer fans um right i mean not not get locking up your ace not even 
extension talks, that's not going to happen now for a little bit. But the fact, the argument that was used, I actually Burns highlighted, you know, some of the key things that was brought against him. Um, I mean, it, it was almost laughable in, in the sense of, right, looking at it from a player perspective, let alone a fan perspective. Um, they, he mentioned how um, they viewed him as a key reason why they didn't make the postseason with his pitching down the stretch. Yeah, and um, that was one of them. Uh, even I, I thought it was like some durability concerns. It was like, come on. I mean, what what, what this guy's done um, last few seasons, uh, it's been really, I mean, to go over 700000 or well, what the amount was. It, our point is it's a small it was, amount. Yeah, it was something like that. It wasn't even a million. I know that. I know it was under yeah. one, one mil. So Basically, well, they said, oh, you didn't win another Cy Young. You're not worth that much, which is, he is complete. Nine point three nine percent of the payroll right now. Um, looking like the payroll's sitting at around one hundred nine million, uh, yeah. which for baseball, it's like nothing. Uh, That's like an opening. Just to put this in perspective, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Our opening day last year was around one hundred thirty-two million. So really, yeah, uh, per COD's baseball contracts. Like we had, there was so much room to work with, and we just didn't, and that piss me off i'm i'm sh- I'm shocked on that because you know i'm i i've had this right before i'm gonna bring it up again i mean when, when your owner the the owner of your baseball team is going and buying shares of epl teams you know i mean i mean come on a uh, 10 million dollar again was the was what i believe was the share for mark Ignacio um getting in on that soccer franchise so 10 million dollars think about what that could have got i would have yeah, so I'm 10, 20. I mean, you could have gotten a, a few really good players. I feel like that could have bolstered the lineup, but instead, we or the bullpen, too. I mean, look, the bullpen, too. Yeah, I'm fine with letting Boxberger walk, but I mean, getting a, like not keeping a guy like him or you know, keeping a a guy like that, just just that solid seventh inning guy in your bullpen. I mean, now Hater's gone. Um, yeah, so I mean, maybe well, you, you got to figure Williams is moving to nine, but you need somebody at seven or eight. To at least bridge the gap. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about potential guys there, but I I mean I I like the Josh Air move, as as yeah, I've talked I, about. I was okay with it. I mean I thought you know, I wish we would have gotten a little bit better in return, and I thought they could have waited one more season to do it, or this off season. But I see why. Did you they see how much? Did you see how much Josh Hayer is making? Fourteen point one million dollars as a closer. Yeah, that is. I mean, I that's, knew the Brewers weren't going to pay that. that, that that's he was. It could have been. It was kind of like the right. burn situation. I knew he was gone. Um, after I knew he was gone after his current contract, and I, either it was they were going to trade him or he was going to eventually walk. I knew he wasn't that, that, for, that fourteen point one would make him the second highest player on the Brewers. I mean, Yelts right now, um, twenty three point eight roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing. Uh, so it's like. I mean, Woodruff, you, you got to get an extension with Woodruff or Adamas. Uh, the Adamas extension, how is that going to happen? Now, look at the contracts that we saw Dansby Swanson of the Braves go to Chicago now. And, you know, he has similar numbers to Willie Adamas, but he got a contract, you know, cumulatively being over $170 million. How are yeah, the Brewers that... going to do that? That's like, you know what the Yelich contract was. You know, I'm, I'm just. Realistic, the Adamas contract extension it might not happen i mean i think we're lucky if we get woodruff back there's been no talks i know there's been no talks with burns minimal talks with woodruff i don't know about adamas but i don't know if it's even going to happen at this point just because i mean that's money 
and maybe and maybe that's why they're not they're cutting back on payroll this year to save for some of these bigger extensions but i i could also see this adamas extension not happening unfortunately just because of these contracts these short subs are getting swanson was seven year 177 and why bring that up against swanson having similar pretty similar stats and so a similar player to adamas makes you know if you're a brewer fan you're pretty nervous You, you were i mean i was pretty upset that that Swanson got those kinds of numbers because of that. So, um, well, the Cubs are, they are actually a very rich franchise. They don't always spend yeah. like it, but they were able to overpay for Swanson and that kind of screws the market. I mean, we the see the market's you see, this in every, you see this in every sport though. I mean, when Jimmy Garoppolo got signed by the Niners, I know that's football, but that completely screwed the quarterback market. The Jaguars kind of screwed the receiver market with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. And that's kind of what happened with the Swanson thing is they just kind of reset the market and that, unfortunately hurts a lot of the smaller payroll teams like the brewers yeah so we're, we're gonna be stuck with that but you know looking more ahead to kind of like what we expect this lineup to look like you know overall um and then we'll talk more about the bench pieces talk more about those signings their role why they were good or why we don't like them but realistically i think right it looks like in 2023 we're gonna see um I guess let's just highlight righties for now. I guess we're right against right-hander um, because it's going to be pretty tough to do otherwise. Um, but it seems like Yelich is going to be that lock-in at leadoff spot, correct? Yeah. Um, Yelich or, I mean, even Mitchell, but I have a theory about Mitchell that I'll get to later. But I can cool. see Yelich definitely solidifying that top, the top spot of the lineup. I think he hits better as a leadoff now than he does at the three spot. So I'm just going to go through my my – Starting five, you know, yeah, first five on. in the order. So I got Yelich, Adamas, Telez, and the one through three spots. And then um, I guess for like mixing and matching, I was thinking, so it's like you can put Contreras at four, you put Winker at four uh, at the clamp spot, but might make sense to put Contreras there. So you have the righty lefty you know, splits. Um, so that's the first five I have. I have Winker at DH and then all the other positions is what players play. You think Tellez is at three and not at four? Yeah. Uh, reason being is just Contreras at being more of a cleanup guy. Um, I guess the maybe, you know, we know Tellez batted three a lot last year. It's kind of a big mm-hmm. thing. But I'm seeing here, um, I, I, I think Tellez fits better at the three spot. Also to keep that those splits, you know, between lefty and righty. Unless, you know, I'm fine with it. They go righty, righty, put Contreras at three. But I think Tellez is going to, Stay at that three spot, and, and yeah, you could be right. I mean, I don't know. I just know a lot of the, a lot of Brewers fans love Tellez, and I could see him hitting at mm-hmm. three or four. So it sounds like Urias then is going to be the third baseman, but I'm I'm stuck with like the sixth or eighth spot. I don't want to put any put a spot anywhere. Um, Brian Anderson uh, could could be in the in the move on that third base spot. Um, I think they're talking about using Brian Anderson, uh, playing him in the outfield a little bit too, to start the year. Yeah, so it it, it looks like it. Um, like on their signing, they had him labeled as as a utility infield slash outfielder. So, so I could. I'd be, see it. I'd be intrigued. So Tyrone Taylor's missy time. We mentioned that mm-hmm. because you mentioned McCutcheon goes. Or yep. We've talked about that. Um, Brian Anderson uh, potentially is a corner outfielder now. So whether I'd imagine Elch stays in left, so you put Anderson right. Um, or you put Winker in right. You know, both those guys 
give you some uh, options. I think you'd rather have Anderson in the outfield. That's safe mm-hmm. to say. Um, so it's like, okay, that he's going to be in right. Mitchell's going to be in center. It's just a matter of where Mitchell's going to be in the lineup. Mitchell could be the nine hitter. Is that kind of your your spot for him, or what do you yeah, got? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. Um, again, I'll kind of get to to more of the okay. Mitchell stuff in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I could see that being the potential lineup. Um, I also, then, I don't know when Taylor comes back though how that's going to work, what the dynamic is going to be. I got one for you, Tyler Naquin. What if? I could see him competing with Anderson too for that that spot in the outfield. Also Blake Perkins again, but more of those guys in spring training like Naquin. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the prospects like uh, Freelicker Weimer are both projected to also make. Oh play. yeah, and Turing. They're all. I mean, he's more infield, but he could play outfield too. They're all projected Dude. to make kind of their uh, ETA is this year. So any of them I could see also competing for time out there. I got one for you. Uh, Bryce Terang or Keston Hira, second base opening day. Oh, God. I, you know, I I, I like it's a tough because he's like my favorite player, but it might be Turang. I just, he's playing much better in, in preseason right now. But then again, I mean, preseason numbers don't always mean everything. Hira had an amazing preseason last year, and then he kind of was the same player was last year in the regular season. Um, I think Turang might have it but they also might want to save his service time and have here there it's all depending on i guess service time how they want to play that um, trying again 318 average so far 875 yeah. ops at spring and here is much worse than that but i mean let me get let me get here here it's weird he'll go down to triple a and he'll crush the ball and he'll hit great he's hitting 150 right now um oh. 150 261 on base uh Ugh. and 200 slugging it's not looking great. Um, but then, yeah, he, Hero goes to AAA, he crushes the ball, and then he comes up, and he you see some of that, but you don't see all of it. So if the Brewers don't worry about two-rank service time, I think he starts opening day. If they do, I think Hero gets a start on opening day. And if he kind of returns to that rookie form, great. They'll continue with him. Um, if he can't find that 2019 form, then I think they call up two-rank, and it's a it's more of a platoon. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um also, Abraham Toro could get that start second. Toro, you know, too, yeah. That's another one we got thrown. So, basically, right now, uh, if you're if you're wondering what positions are up for grabs, it's second base and right field mainly. Uh, Luis Arias is going to be third base, uh, even though uh, he's had a pretty poor spring. Brian Anderson then being seven for fifteen so far in spring, but again, you mentioned spring training. Spring doesn't Can't. always mean that they're going to play well. So. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I like to call on that. But so two positions really open. End of the season, you know, it could, who knows what it could look like. People could be traded. Sal Freela could be up, up playing. Joey Weimers look good. Um, There's even a chance that know. a couple of those prospects, I'm not saying it, but could be traded, especially if the Brewers are in the midst of. Oh, one. yeah. I mean, we, like I said, our outfield depth, you got. So the top five, our top five prospects Chirio, Freelick, Weimer, Turing, and Mitchell. And. All of them can play outfield, even though two rings, like I said, mostly middle infield. I mean, if the Brewers are close and they see, like, you know, the top of the division or they're in the lead at the deadline, I could see one or two of them being dealt for a, a key piece mm-hmm. for a even just a rental. Yeah, I, mean, I could totally depth, see that. Not use it. All right. Um, I, w- I want to. So we talked starting, we talked kind of the lineup. 
Um, before we go to bold predictions and such, I want to talk about the bullpen a little here. So yeah. we, we, let's pencil in Devin Williams at that closer spot, the ninth yes. inning role. And, and, and I want to talk about that quick. I don't like how they treated it last season, how they had him and was it Taylor Rogers like switching? Oh, yeah. Oh. I think you just give it to Williams and you let him roll with it. And I think they're going to do that this year, which I am very excited about because Williams okay. is I'm, great. I'm with you. Let's work backwards here. So let's go to the eighth yep. inning. Um, yeah. Who are your candidates? Oh, it's it's tough with uh, with Boxberger being gone. Um, I got Matt Bush. Possibly Matt Bush. Yeah, as, I was about yep. to say Matt Bush. Or, and this is kind of a sleeper, um, possibly Strzelecki. Hmm. Uh, okay. Peter Strzelecki, he was up for, he pitched in 30 games last year and... 35 innings, and he was actually pretty phenomenal for how young he is. Um, or I guess he's not that young. He's 28. But, I mean, see, he saw minor, very, like, little action up to that point. And, I mean, he came in 283 ERA, 123 um, WHIP. I mean, I think that he could be a great candidate for 7th or 8th inning. Or even, I don't think he's, he's not going to close. But I'm really excited to see him, and he could easily take the 7th or 8th inning spot. Yeah, and I mean, last year I'm just looking like looking at baseball savant, looking at what like numbers. I mean, the big thing for him might not be that velo, but again, his fastball spin rate, 89th percentile on that. Actually, his other pitches aren't on it, but he's got some like the expected batting average, like against 220. Um, so you know he he has some promising underlying numbers. So you know it's, that might be more of a speculation play, which yeah, I can see and, them. And I'm just speculating, but I think he could be primed for a big. Yeah. A big season. I like the call. Hobie Milner was good down the stretch last year. He really was. I mean, yeah. I, would they use him in that kind of role though? Could you see him being in the seventh inning? I, I feel like Strzelecki is more built, you know, with the velo, the spin rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milner's more of this deception guy who, you know, now it's going to be his age 32, 33 season. I, I, I don't know. Um, I see Milner more coming in in like the fifth inning when we need somebody or the sixth or, more than the seventh. Or like a lefty, lefty, lefty. He's more of a lefty yeah, specialist okay. guy. Like you're not going to designate him to an inning, but you're going to more designate him to a situation. Yeah, he's going to be much like in, that. And uh, burn or not? Council loves the loves to play situation, loves to play matchups. So yeah, and then um, you know those guys who are going to be kind of like long relief slash mill relievers. Um, again, we talked if. Brewers aren't going that six man. If they're going like five man, it would be guys like again if Wade Miley pitches out of the bullpen, that could happen. But maybe more of like Adrian Hauser or Ashby when he comes back. You know, kind of kind of guys like that might be more of middle relief. But um, I, I think it, I it think gets I tough. See Ashby being more of the middle relief, just kind of being the odd man out. Um, just because his starts always haven't been the best, but out of the bullpen, he's been a lot better. I think it's kind of going to be whoever's playing best is going to get that starting. That, that fifth yeah. starting spot or and even that middle relief role too i mean it's mm-hmm. that's that's so tough to predict like we could i mean we could see guys like um naming just going off like what's happened in spring training you know, like jc mejia is still with the team um he could sneak in that for a little bit he's got some experience in the middle relief role i mean javi guerra has been a guy who they've they've relied on a little bit um i i don't know i'm and of course, Lucas Ersig experience. Have you have you seen what's going on with that third base prospect converted to pitcher? I have not actually. I'm so at him right now. Um, he's got an ERA of eight right now. It has has not been a good 
a good test so far. But well, you know, I, it, I mean, it, you try different things out, and oh, oh here's one. Alex Claudio's back with the team. I forgot to talk about that oh. signing. He's gonna be he's gonna be in the bullpen in that middle relief. Oh yeah. Um. Otherwise, Robert Stock is another one who they signed who's gonna slide in that middle relief role. So those are like a few guys I have in mind. Of course, some of these other minor league guys are gonna stop in. So don't quote us on that. But well, you're, the names we mentioned, those are many guys you're gonna see up this year for sure. Mm-hmm. And so. like you said, also that middle relief spot, there's probably going to get a lot of use because for some reason, Council doesn't like to let these pitchers go almost past five innings. I mean, some calls them as outgooders. But so you could easily see, you know, Ashby multiple times or Miley multiple times out of the bullpen for a few innings. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's hear some of your bull predictions here, Justin. I know you've been waiting. Right. Hold them in. Yeah. Uh... So number one, obviously I don't agree with this, but it's just I can see it happening. I could see Mitchell starting in AAA. I could see them not wanting to burn his service time and want to delay because if he doesn't play enough, you need I think it's two point. I think it's like two point one, four three, uh, years, um, of service time to hit arbitration. I could see them trying to delay that as long as possible, especially with how young he is basically converting to what's called a super two player. So I could see Mitchell starting the year actually in the minor leagues, as much as I don't agree with it because he is playing phenomenal in spring training right now. That's what I, I can see it happening. I mean, this is just thinking from a, a team that doesn't like to spend money's uh, mindset. I could see him starting in the minor league to, to save his service time. And to clarify on that, right. I mean, he didn't have enough at bats to, to, you know, lose rookie status. No, he's uh, still year. technically a rookie, so, but that's he did kind of I've... spend I think forty about forty days with the team. But I got still you. Has over two years left on service. Point zero four service time, like points. Why is point zero four? That's what I'm seeing as his service yeah, time right now. Service time is weird. Um, a full year is one, and then it's like mm-hmm. the days after is like the after the decimal is the days. <clears throat> but like yeah. I said, I could see them keeping him down there even a month or two, just trying to delay it as long as possible. We, we've seen this over the years, and then baseball's trying to combat that again with, like, again, we've mentioned if you finish in the top and rookie of the year voting, um, top two, I believe it was, and then even there's, there's some other incentives in there to try to alleviate that from happening for players so they can reach free agency earlier because that's yeah. right the bread and butter of baseball. <laughs> like I said, I don't agree with it. I think he is oh. – best part of the outfield a cornerstone to a rebuild that the brewers may be heading to but it's something that i can see it's a good call i I, yeah i've actually heard anyone bring that case up but i mean you make a good point any other bold ones you want to throw out right now i um, i I don't know uh i could see i could see yelich having a bounce back year because of no shifting with tellas he could be primed for a big year um I think, yeah, Yelich kind of bounces back this year. I think it's fine for the year. Okay. Maybe not MVP form, but, you know, that 280, 270 to 290 batting average with hopefully 20 home runs, I could see. I got you. I, I, so mine's mine's with Brandon Woodruff, and it's okay. it's more of, you know, we, we, we expect great things from Woodruff in 2023. I mean, everyone, like a lot of people do. But my prediction, I, I think Woodruff is going to be 
not like this great pitcher that you know when that everyone thought he's been, which he, he has been. I think he's going to be like one of the best in 2023. I'm talking like NL Cy Young potentially. He could be better than Corbin Burns in 2023. Like I think with with Woodruff coming back last year, right, having the injury, we talked. I've talked dealing with Raynaud syndrome. Comes back, you know, let's start in Tampa, especially throwing 99. Uh, he's looked great in spring. He's fastballs touching 97. The spin rates look good. You know, the the underlying numbers look great. I, I just, I think with Brandon Woodruff, like, it's all there. And I just think, like, you know, he's put together the years, like, those good seasons. But, like, I think it's just, it's time for, like, that great, like, Cy Young season. I I could see it. I could see it. One more that I do want to throw out really quick. Um, And this might not be this year, but I see this in the future. The next no-hitter that the Brewers throw, complete no-hitter. So the second one in team history, I think, will be a, will be Peralta. For some reason, I see him throwing a no-hitter either this season or next season. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think that if there's somebody that breaks that, oh, what has it been, 30 years now? No, 20 years since Nieves? No, no, it's been 30 oh. or 40 years since Nieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for a complete think, no-hitter, not a combined. I think, Yeah, not not combined because I know Burns and Hayter did it, but that's not a true no-hitter. I think Peralta is the one to break that streak. Okay. All right, so, so Justin's got Peralta with the no-no. All right, I like it. I do. Um, I do. <laughs> okay, so we got some good predictions down. I, li- I like those. Uh, we have talked like Brewers projection win-wise. Um, I've seen them around – it's been around like the 83, you know, 84 win mark right now in some places, depending where you're looking. You, know, that, you agree with this, but they got them over 500. Um, potentially could be good enough to be in a playoff spot with the expanded playoffs. I think that's – a good spot? Uh, I think they're closer to an 89-92 win season, somewhere around there. I'd like to think low 90s. I mean, this team was close to doing it last year, and they didn't really lose any super key pieces. I mean, Wong is gone and Renfro is gone, but you have – you brought in um, – oh, now his name is escaping me. Um, oh, the outfielder. Ooh. Oh my lord, sure. the Mariners! I'm sorry, I just. Oh, sorry, Winker, you're good. Winker, yeah, I was, I was thinking Weiner, but I, I knew it started with a W, but no. You brought in Winker to kind of combat that. Contreras as a catcher, I think that this team reaches 90 wins. I do think they make the playoffs. Like I said, they were super close last year, but there was, I mean, a few more games where a few more hits go their way, or you know, a few pitchers don't get injured and they win. And I mean, they've their bullpen looks better. If everybody in the rotation can stay healthy at least most of the year, I think they make playoffs, and I think they hit about 92 wins. I like that call. I, I'm, I'm all for that. I got them a little less than that. I got them like 86, 87. They're going to be in the playoffs that with that, but um, I like that spot for the Brewers. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a few more questions here before we go. Um, that's, that's most of our Brewer talk. Uh, I want to go with Actually, I want to ask you still team MVP for the Brewers, not like Cy Young. I have a feeling we're going to have similar answers, but I guess I'll ask you Cy Young too, but just like team MVP, like position player. Position player, I'm I'm going to stick with this. Even if he starts the year in the minors, I think it's going to be Garrett Mitchell. I think he is the best player on the team, um, or at least one of them. He's up there in the top three. I think even if he starts a month or two in the minors, I think he comes up. I think he makes a case for rookie of the year, and I think he's team MVP. If not him, I think this banning of the shift 
really helps Yelich and Yelich will get it. But I think one of those two, one of the two outfielders. Okay, I'm gonna go. I, I like the upside guys that you that you chose. I'm just gonna choose Willie Adamas. I think what he did last year, you know, full first full season with the Brewers, um, puts together you know the Brewers' highest WAR season for a position player. I, I think we'll see that similarly here in 2023 with again that good defense at short. So I'll take Adamas. Pit- and I could see it. I really do like Adamas. Um, I don't know. I just have Yelich and Mitchell kind of above him, but I could I could see him doing that. I could see him being the team MVP too easily. Okay, and then for pitchers, um, who's your I guess Cy Young here? Cy Young, if Burns is with the team the entire season, because I already mentioned that he could definitely be dealt at the deadline, regardless of the position they're in. Um, if Burns stays, it's Burns. If not, I know you really like Woodruff. I really like Peralta, so I'm gonna say Peralta. Just okay, I'm going Woody. Woodruff. Yeah. I gave my reason reasoning already. Um, and, I mean, those two are. I mean, they're both great pitchers, so it could be either one of them. Okay, we're gonna do fill in the fill in the blank here, and we're gonna get out of here. So, right. um, we're gonna start the NL MVP. Will be who? Oh gosh. Um. I have not been keeping up. Goldschmidt won it last year, correct? Yep, yep. Goldschmidt won last year. I could see. I could see Goldschmidt or Arenado. I I could see Goldschmidt repeating. Um, okay. I that's I that's all I really have. As much as I hate to say, because they're Cardinals players, but that's kind of. Oh, what about like? Okay. You, I'll say. Have, I should say. Well, I, I'm gonna go like Acuna. You know, with Acuna? with Atlanta, oh, actually, I feel like Atlanta is going to be a good team. Acuna, full year. He's he's got a full year this year. I, I just like Acuna in that in that you know situation. Um, plus with the defense too, which be decent. Like that's where like I can't like say Juan Soto. I will I will not say Juan Soto on the on NL MVP unfortunately because yeah. I'm afraid his defense is just going to hold him back. Um, they could. But I mean, it didn't ever hold Derek Jeter back. Nobody talks about his defense, but his defense yeah. is not, not too great. But they didn't have the advanced stats back then, so he got the That's benefit true. of the doubt. That's true. AL MVP will be who? Uh, again, this is him staying healthy. Mike Trout. I mean, he's a pick every year, nice. but I mean, he's I think the best player of our generation. Um, I, I don't want to go with the Otani pick because it's too. You know, it's too. It, I. But it could be Otani or Trout. I mean, it could also. I'll be take Otani. Uh, but I, I'm I think going with Trout. Trout stays healthy. He wins it. Which again, like I'm glad Judge, Judge was so deserving winning it last year. So I'm glad Judge won it last year. But um, I think you know if Otani puts up those years, it's got to take a year like Aaron Judge to win the MVP over Otani. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's kind of where I'm with that one. Um, I'm also asking NL and AL Cy Young awards. You can give those together if you want to roll with that. Oh. Because my pick, um, hmm, okay. I could see. Yeah, actually, let's go with your picks first, because I. Okay. I am just. So if we start <laughs> in, you're good. Um, I'd like to throw the the award ones out. Al, Jacob Degrom. Hmm. I want a healthy yeah, season is... of Degrom. Yeah, I was gonna say this is that contract's gotta pay healthy. some dividends. <sighs> and then excluding my Woodruff pick. In the NL, like I'll give it, yeah. I want to give a different one. Um, I was thinking about, it. I want Sandy to repeat. I don't think he will. I, I was like, there's some guys I was debating. I was like, maybe Wheeler, 
maybe Verlander, but I think I'm I'm gonna take Scherzer. So not really fun picks, but like going with the expected guys for performance. Yeah. Um. For me, I think honestly Otani might win it. Okay. Uh, in the AL, kind of sticking with that MVP trend. Um, NL. If I am sticking with a bias, it's going to be Corbin Burns. I think this actually this arbitration may have pissed him off and kind of kind of we might see what happened when uh the Packers picked Love and Rodgers just lit up the season the next or lit mm. up the league the next year it could be like that where you know he shows the Brewers that he's worth the money um if not him I'll go Verlander I think okay nice I can get behind those okay last one the World Series champion will be who oh, God. um I'm not going Mets I'm not. I don't want to say the Astros will repeat, but they also just have a very complete team. Um, but there has been a back-to-back champion in. I think it's been 23 years now. Um. I'm sorry, I'm just... I got Padres. Uh, I'll throw mine out. I could see it. I could see it. Um, As much as I'd hate to see it, I could see the Yankees doing it. Okay, Padres and Yankees. Oh, we sound sound fun, don't we? We just chose two teams with the highest payroll. Okay. I hate hate the Yankees, but there's a reason they're always good. (laughs) Yeah. But okay, I, I like our predictions. We'll have to. We're gonna revisit these. See how we do in 2023. And again, Justin, I want to thank you for coming on and course thank you for having me great previewing the milwaukee brewers here again with justin brenner of the uw milwaukee post that's gonna wrap it up here for justin brenner and myself drew skyberg here on this sunday night thank you all for listening another episode of drew sports crew the perfect podcast for you